Welcome to the Digital Critical Gaming Podcast. It's time for spring breaks to be over. Aw. Boo. Yep. Boo. Boo. Uh, today on the podcast, I am joined by Dan Bailey. Hello. A new guy, Russ. Hello. And of course, myself, Kyle. We're all here today to talk about some games and some news and things like that. Uh, first up, we're going to talk about um, paid mods and that whole Steam situation. Then we're going to talk about EA shutting down almost all of its free-to-play games. And also, the new social norms. What has happened to the Elks Lodge recently? That and more coming up now. So, first things first. Russ, who the hell are you? Well, well, first off, I, I uh, let me let me augment that opening there. Uh oh. And and and, and, <laughs> and say, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do have the new mic, so I, so I can do the whole welcome. <laughs> welcome to tonight's main event. You don't need your whole seat. You only need the edge. Yep. <laughs> Because there's someone um, I, standing on the seat. So. <laughs> well, welcome. Uh, thanks for having me uh, here tonight as a, as a guest. Uh, my name's Russ. I've been uh, gaming for, uh, well, I have been gaming since there were computers. But uh, as far as in the actual gaming, you know, basically for about 10 years. Uh, it started out, uh, I was a, uh, a gaming administrator on a MUD back when we had things. Back in the old days, we didn't have <laughs> graphics. And we liked it. Go north. Enter. Uh, I played, uh, of course, Warcraft for years, as many people did. Uh, Star Wars, Diablo. I enjoy uh, most uh, uh, computer games and um, uh, spend many, many two hours on, on the computer, I think, these days. Uh, but, but that's a little bit about me. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Golf claps. Golf claps. All Self claps. Yes. Yeah. Pat. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're quite welcome. Um, oh, no, flowers are too much. Oh, come on. Yeah, uh, yeah, come on. No. J just throw money. <laughs> he, he doesn't discern at all, people. You, you could throw salami up on the stage. He'd be happy with that. As long as it's a nice, you know, smoked salami. Something good, yeah, none good of that. with the... With the whole grain bread and some some mustard oh yeah crackers and mustard mustard now let me tell you i am a oh, mustard aficionado. i i oh. like many different types of mustard and uh <laughs> this week i have some dusseldorf mustard for my hickory farms uh smoked sausage plug uh hickory farms uh don't send me for mentioning your name but um yeah it goes great all, all trademarks are registered of the individual trademark owners. All rights uh, are, are being observed. Well, they sponsor us, and we will mention your hickory sausage as much as you like. Yes. That's right. <laughs> yes. That, that is and correct. cheese. Got to throw cheese in there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. First up, I think we're going to do the um, paid mods. So okay. Steam, last week said, hey guys, we have this great opportunity to generate revenue. We'll charge people for mods. And some people said, woo, and other people rabble, said, rabble, rabble. what? That sucks. <laughs> um, so personally, I think that charging for mod for, in this case, it was a one specific game, Skyrim, um, is fine because some mods, at least, have very high production qualities. Mm -hmm. uh, there's quite a few complete overhaul mods where it changes the entire game, and it's not Skyrim anymore. It's something completely else. You know, that takes a lot of work, and that's usually a team of people working on it. And if they want to get some money because of all this hard work, all the more power for them. I think I've heard of this concept that you're talking about, and, and I believe that the word for it is capitalism. Yes! <laughs> and, 
um, you know, generally I'm a, I'm a fan of capitalism. Mm -hmm. I like my letters big at the first of the sentence. <laughs> but no, I, I, I see your point here. What this does is this encourages your game developers and themes to actually uh, spend more time for a quality product. This will add to the gaming experience, and they should uh, be able to get revenue from this. Uh, greed is a, uh, a good motivator for people to improve on the product. Uh, I see it as actually a very positive thing. Now, I know a lot of people with uh, especially limited incomes towards their gaming see it as a negative thing, but um, I, I, I personally see it as a positive. Now, I am, I am actually completely against the idea of paid mods, especially for games like Skyrim. For lots of games, I think it would be okay, but for Skyrim in particular... It cannot work. It's just for Bethesda games generally. Bethesda released their games in a state which is completely unfinished. And quite often those mods are needed to get the basics of gameplay. Mammoths, in general, are not filled with helium. Mods can fix this where the developers will not. And quite frankly, the amount of mods you need to fix a game like Skyrim? Uh, like, I mean, Oblivion, I was running like 20 mods. It's like, it's just to get the base game working and looking nice. And it's just like, I think well, it would be much better I, I, served I with a donations page. I do completely agree that the modders oh, deserve think, something for their yeah, work. Every month that is indisputable. But it needs, I think, the whole gated entry without the charging thing is very bad for the modding community because you know it's there are so many mods out there you'll get a whole bunch of people releasing unplayable mods i mean lots of mods just break the game full stop and if you've got to charge to get that mod and then realize it just breaks your game then there's going to be a, they're not officially supported things and you're charging to the yeah you're charging to add them to well, your game don't forget that not all mods will be monetized either. That's true, but it's up to the maker of the mod whether or not it gets monetized rather than... Right. And, and this brings up a, a point of contention with, at least with, with how Steam did it, um, there was no curation on these. Mm -hmm. People were actually going into Skyrim Nexus, which is one of the most popular mod sites for Skyrim, um, downloading a mod that either the person didn't create or didn't own or, you know, something along those lines. It was basically straight-up theft. And they would upload it onto Steam and say, this is my mod. Let's start charging people five bucks for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's just... Yeah. Steam are not the best at curating the things they sell. As we've seen with the whole green light thing, you know, early access. I very much doubt if they haven't got enough resources to put aside for curating those things. I very much doubt they're going to have the resources to curate properly or the modding scene for the games they're not curating for. It's like, oh, God. Well, this kind of goes back to what you were mentioning, and, uh, and unfortunately, uh, the game in question is not the only game that has been released unfinished. Um, and in fact, it, it seems to have been a, a popular scenario for many years in the mm -hmm. PC uh, gaming community, and in particular. Um, Code for it too. I'm looking at you. <laughs> I can go back further than that. Um, that was and the one is... that, that gave me the most. Now, you mentioned something here, that, that some mods will break your game. And, and mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's not a new concept either. Nope. Um, how do you think that the community in itself is going to react to paying for something that was a detriment? Generally that's just, they'll want, they'll want their money back. And Steam aren't very good at getting you your money back. Ever. Uh, yeah. What surprised me most of all was the response from the modders who which for quite a few of them 
it was completely negative saying no no this doesn't work at all we're getting paid for our mods just not in the same way the mods are essentially a form of um what's it called uh donation see no no it's not even that it's a it's like a cv what do they call it resume for oh, right, right, right. their developing yeah. skills right the developers will see the mods that the people have made and they're far more likely to get a job in game development from that that's the payoff for modding a lot not of valve titles were mods of other games mm -hmm. that they have since gone in and bought the development team um portal uh counter-strike yep dota you know these are some of the most popular yeah. games on steam and they were once mods well the whole moba genre is like the biggest genre there is now and that was a Warcraft 3 mod. Yep. That's crazy. <laughs> and it's yep. like, these things do get, if a decent modder is producing quality work, he will get picked up by someone. It, it always happens. It's, there was um, a modding group for Neverwinter Nights 2 called Purgatorio, who were making an amazing mod for it. It was a complete game changer. It set it in the Planescape realm. It was, had this massive arcing story with like completely new assets for the game. It never came out because each and every person on that team got hired before the game was finished. And so the thing never actually appeared. We got a demo saying, uh, sorry guys, we're never going to be able to make this mod. We impressed too many people. I am so sorry. <laughs> I vaguely remember that. Yeah. You know, and, and that's something that uh, has been sort of a um, both a, a benefit and a detriment to the gaming um, industry is the high turnover rate. Mm -hmm. uh, generally, you know, when you when you look at a at a company, uh, their developers are young. Uh, it's mm -hmm. not that they stopped aging; it's these are new developers, sort of thing. <laughs> um, if this is the secret to eternal life, then we, we need to keep that to ourselves. Uh, but, <laughs> if it weren't, that would be out of the bag. Uh, you know, when, when you have uh, new, young, uh, very talented and uh, inspired individuals who are producing uh, very high-quality work, uh, this is something that, that they want to employ and, and they want to, you know, get in good with. And, and of course... Uh, People who aren't coming up with new ideas, or, or uh, uh, maybe have uh, have reached a, a, a plateau, uh, are, are kind of maybe fade away. I hate to say shuffled out. Did, old old developers. Hollywood and only being able to make um, sequels. Yeah, and and you know, with a constant inflow of new actors and actresses, uh, the music business with the. Uh, um, well, I guess you, you have to kind of count out Aerosmith and the Rolling Stones. But other than that, um, there is an endless supply of one-hit wonders mm -hmm. uh, in, in the music business. And, and, and this is something that the business itself has benefited greatly from uh, because they uh, are always having something uh, new and, and exciting and, and cutting edge. Um, I, I like the idea of new developers being able to showcase this is what I can do. These are some of the ideas I have. And I like them to be able to get jobs because there's a lot of uh, games out there that I really would like to see an influx of uh, new ideas coming into. Uh, it, there, there has been some other games that uh, I, I will not mention that have had very long... Oh, you can mention very long... we, we don't care. Okay. There are some names that I won't you know, mentioned, but their initials are Warcraft that, uh, <laughs> has, uh, experienced very long, um, uh, a longevity of success, uh, not just a little success. I mean, big success mm -hmm. and they are constantly reinventing themselves. Uh, the game that is today does not even slightly resemble the game that was eight years ago. Um, though the, you know, the, the, the characters are, are the same and the, and the landscape basically the same. They, they have redone their engine. They have redone the way that the gameplay is. They have a constant influx of new content, new things to do, um, you know, things to keep people interested. And, and, and these are ideas that, that they have gotten from new people and, um, mm -hmm. they have benefited greatly from that. Yeah. Plus the 
payout scheme for the yeah. uh, paid mods was horrendous. First off, no. Valve took um, a 75% cut. And the minimum payout was at $100. So that means you would have had to sell $400 worth of mods before you got your first check back from Valve. No, no, it wasn't quite that bad. I think oh, Valve only got forty-five percent. Bethesda got the rest. <laughs> well, re regardless, the, the, it was only I know, the, it, yeah. the minimum payout was at a hundred, and there was so much taken out from the individual sides of things that in order to make any money as a modder, you would have had to sell four hundred dollars worth in order to make mm -hmm. that minimum payout. Well, I'm sorry, but if you're making what this one weapon mod and you're selling it for two dollars because i wouldn't spend more than that for one weapon um that's a lot of sales that you'd have to get keep in mind that this is already a congested market there's mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of weapon mods yeah i mean i'm just checking out how many there are in skyrim nexus i mean i've tried all the biggest most advised mods in Skyrim, mm -hmm. of which I would say of, I don't know, there must be thousands by now of mods. Five were worth having. <laughs> it's just like, the thought of having to pay to go through all of those is just, you are bound to waste some money, which you really didn't need to. That's a very good point. Uh, that is a very good point. Uh, there needs to be uh, maybe a better rating system or uh, some kind of uh, narrowing of the uh, market of what is actually charged for mm -hmm. and things along those lines. Maybe like, you know... You mean, like, uh, yeah. I mean, one of the companion mods in Skyrim is co-written by Terry Pratchett. I would quite happily pay money for that. It is? Which yeah, one? the Vivia, uh, I think it is. It's a Swedish one. Swedish oh. girl and Terry Pratchett made a character. <laughs> Well, no, she made it in nice. Oblivion, but then Terry Pratchett liked that. Terry Pratchett, massive gamer, in case you didn't know, loved uh, Oblivion yeah. and loved that character in Skyrim. When it went, hey, do you want to team up and write this character in for Skyrim? And so she surprisingly went, yes, of course I'd love to. Right. And yeah, they, he helped out with this character in Skyrim, which is like the great, 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 great granddaughter of the Oblivion character, which is cool. And <laughs> it's just like, yes, like that, that is worth money. Yeah. Yeah, I would pay money for that. I'm not the hugest follower slash companion mod person because I most find of most of just... the time the production values in those are horrendous with terrible voice acting, clunky animations on them, all sorts of issues. You're lucky to get voice acting. Most of the time they're just glorified pack mules. It's just like, what is the point? But yeah. Not, not my favorite kind of mod. But that whereas... being said, I've installed exactly two mods in Skyrim. <laughs> um, better UI and the four gigabyte unofficial patch to keep it from crashing when it reaches two gigs mm -hmm. of RAM usage. Those are the only two I ever use. Well, I would advise Bia, she gets, if you go into an inn, she gets drunk and starts dancing on tables. She's brilliant. That's actually painful. <laughs> Sign me up. I, yeah, I, I pay money for that. For that, that. That sounds like a well-executed companion. Yeah. But for every one of those, how many other pieces of utter crap are you going to get? And people also are another, to charge for those. Another problem I just thought of is uh -oh. as the uh, lots and lots of mods are made for they're designed around a patch of a certain version of the game. If the developers were to, let's say, patch the game, that would destroy the functionality of quite a few mods. And if you've already paid for it, then you paid for something that doesn't work, and by then the modder may well have moved on, so you're left with nothing. What about mods that incorporate other mods? I know, for hmm. example, in yeah. um, Fallout New Vegas, a lot of the weapon mods required... Um, NVSE or something like that. It was a, yeah. a an, an enhanced scripting engine for mm -hmm. modding. Well, what if 
the the mod that you made required NVSE, and NVSE was suddenly a paid mod, but yours wasn't. But mm-hmm. you required it. Hmm. Or what or, if they're both a paid mod? Do you pay for it every single time you right. download a new mod? Because they have to they have to pay the piper for incorporating that yeah. mod in theirs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see. Basically, I, it's I, more I trouble than it's worth. Here, and man. well done, Valve, taking it down. It's just... Yeah. Valve have put a lot of respect with this because they admitted they were wrong with that. It's just like, with the whole green light and and everything valve lost a lot of credibility with me because they didn't seem to know what they're doing but with this it's just like they good intentions going in just like green light and everything saw that there were issues went right this needs some fine tuning yeah because i i if the mod is good i don't mind paying for it mm-hmm. the problem some is... of the best games i've ever played were never winter nights mods yep and yeah would love to give them some money for that because yeah i've played a lot of games that were officially released which were pretty terrible compared to those mods plus agreed a agreed. lot of um the mods are just utter crap and people were, mm-hmm. would be trying to charge for that and knowing valve oh. there would be no curation so it'd be just utter pages and pages of utter crap that they another thing is what's it What's it do to the races? Because there are quite a few, shall we say, not safe for work mods out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what do you do about selling those? Yeah, because then you'd, you'd get into probably some some legal issues. Because would that require a re-rating of the game via the ESRB? What if all of a sudden Skyrim mm-hmm. had to be re-rated adults only because of the mods? Well, that's actually maybe a cure for one of those issues is um, providing that content free of charge can be uh, considered to be um, that can be illegal to uh, provide that content to someone who is not of proper age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when you are charging for it, charging for that type of content, it's been kind of uh, um, kind of established that uh, you know use of a credit card sort of establishes your age as far as in in that sort of thing, um, and, and then it's also it's easier when you have someone's information about who is getting this product, then you are able to police whether or not you are giving it to someone of appropriate age. The problem is um, you can go into Best Buy and buy a $20 Steam card and add it to your wallet. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, sure. Give them ideas. Uh, Go ahead. That's my job. (laughs) That's my job is to create arguments and discussions. Also, what about mods which do copyrighted material? It's like I've seen tons of ones that like get armor from other things. Oh man, that's a great idea. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I may have trudged around Fallout New Vegas as a Warhammer 40,000 Space Marine because it's awesome, but like, that would go out the window. It's like, what happens then? Oh, I can just imagine the lawsuits and the Warhammer 40k people love their lawsuits. Yes. Oh, yes. You know, and one of the things that. Go ahead. I was surprised that even made it to be a free mod. It's just the way they hang on to their copyright stuff. Well, what I was going to say is one of the things that kind of prevents lawsuits is the guy you're suing doesn't have any money. You know, you can't get blood from a turnip sort of thing. And if you're going to spend <laughs> a lot of money trying to, to prosecute your lawsuit uh, just to get nothing, then, then you got nothing. But if the guy's making money on the deal, yeah. now, hey. And it's all quantified through Valve because they'll keep track yeah. of how many have sold. Oh, Yeah. And so, your wallet is now mine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Nice try for planning and implementation. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Give us some donations paid. I would love to give these people some money. (laughs) Most of the time, they already have something set up. Yeah. Yeah. 
so they don't that purgatorio one i was talking about definitely did so... <laughs> and we didn't even get a product for that don't so pay for say that, that product we you know we're, we are just seeing the beginning of of this and, and that they will probably have to re-examine it and, and modify it later mm-hmm. I, i'm sure it will be back in, in some iteration yeah yeah because um one one other quick thing because we have to move on to other topics um what happens for fallout 4 is that going to have to be made in such a way that it has paid mods in mind oh god that'd be scary yeah because this is made by the same people as skyrim yeah and they're getting the money from it oh that is terrifying Oh, yeah. And, oh, let's provide a skeleton of a game and then have them pay for the extra stuff. Whereas before it may be, oh, we need to add in all these features to sell more games. With that in mind, I would like to refer people to um, Unity. It's a wonderful engine. It's free. Uh, Also, Unreal has a, I think it's a $20 subscription for their engine. And you can buy it right through Steam. So if I'd like you, to add an addendum to the Unity thing. It can be a wonderful engine. It, it, it's done right. It can be actually It's been really, abused really so good. many times. Mm-hmm. So if you want to make a mod, you don't necessarily have to make it for a game that already exists. Because for a well-supported engine like Unreal or unity there's frameworks already in place there's placeholder stuff already in place you can just go to town and make it and make your own actual game and skip all of the modding mumbo jumbo issues and then let me play it yeah that said if you want to boost send it to us for review and we'll do it as part of our (laughs) cheap gaming section which I'm working on. If you want to fix Dark Souls to make it run at 60 frames per second instead of 30, more power to you. <laughs> please do it. Don't stop. Just keep fixing those games. Pretty please. <laughs> pretty please with cream and sugar on top. Uh, so, with that payment in mind for those mods, we should talk about some, some new social norms. Uh, no social norms. I, I, this was a, an idea that kind of occurred to me the other day. That uh, a shower thought, if you will. A, a, yeah, <laughs> if you will. Uh, that you know, my parents' generation and their parents, they they had uh, their own social interactions uh, with that they used their disposable income for the bowling league, the Elks Lodge, the you know, the the, the different. Um, uh, things that they spent money on golf. I, I, there is an oh, unimaginable amount of money that you can spend on, uh, on on these sorts of uh, social interactions with your peers at night. Things that you do, you know, uh, outside of your 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 work and family time. But it seems that in my generation and in the generations coming up behind me, that gaming is taking a place as far as in their social interaction with their with their peers and especially people in the 30 to 50 age group have disposable income to spend and they are spending it on their gaming uh this is why you can get away with $500 for a joystick or um that, that I returned because it, it <laughs> this is so you can't get is, away with it. This is why Star Wars, with their cartel market, has made more money than they ever did off of subscriptions. Uh, it is people with the disposable income and inclined to play. And if you look at the gaming community as a whole and understand that there's some, you know, uh, some overlap, but Warcraft has millions of subscribers. Uh, the the number of people in in Call of Duty or uh, Star Wars, um, Final Fantasy, it, it is a worldwide phenomenon. It's not just uh, any one locale. And these are people, especially um, 
you know, this is not your child's game anymore. Uh, whereas, you know, computer games originally started out for teenagers. These teenagers have grown up and they want more and they're paying for it. Uh, so how do we see that society in general has changed because of gaming? I read about one. Uh, 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 hold on, hold on. He, he needs drugs. Be careful. <laughs> yes. And it wasn't scrolling across my screen. I, I read about a newly hired CFO for a Fortune 500 company who was saying that on his resume, he listed that he was a guild master of a raiding guild and had his success rate of his guild. This showed his potential employers his ability to manage people, to deal with difficult circumstances, to overcome obstacles, uh, to be able to work together as a team. Right. These as wise man once said, if you can't, if, yeah, if you can get 25 people, 25 nerds in the same place at the same time doing the same thing, why the hell aren't you working in the United Nations? Exactly. And, and these, <laughs> because the UN pays crap. These, <laughs> these are skills for his job that they felt were important. And this is how he demonstrated that he had those skills. Gaming's not just for geeks anymore. No. Of course, the geeks rule the world. Um, <laughs> now. Yeah. Now. Uh, you know, and, and uh, yeah, you take, you take the, you know, the billionaires list, and there's a lot of geeks on there. Mm -hmm. um, but the gaming as a social medium, as something socially acceptable, you used to, in the professional world, you might kind of keep it, a little bit, you know, secret that you are a gamer, but nowadays it may be a powerful resource. Uh, I know a lot of people who wore that 300 ring that they got in their bowling uh, all day long and got a lot of respect for it at work. Are we going to have I killed Illidan rings? <laughs> <laughs> I was there when the Lich King fell. I killed Illidan before the next raid tier. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did it before the nerf. Uh, is that something that, that we are going to, to see on, on resumes? Is that socially acceptable? I have it on mine. You have it on yours. Yes. Dan? I am in the wrong country. This, this, this is so far <laughs> from being accepted over here. <laughs> I tell people I play games and they look at me like, what? What? They look at me like I've what? murdered someone. It's just like, yeah. Yeah, I, I have it on mine that I um, I was uh, am an officer in a rather large star or uh, an officer in a multi-group or multi-game um, guild system. And for a decent long time, I was a raid leader for one of the wanted to be top tier raid teams. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's on my resume that shows you know, that I, I can build and maintain a team and deal with issues of a lot of different people coming to maybe not perform as expected. I, I, you know, we have different rating websites for different guilds and things. And, and at uh, one time the guild that, that I was in, uh, was one of the, you know, top rated world guilds. It was, yep. you know, up there and, that was something that, that I was proud of. Why not put that on my resume? Because yeah. I knew what that, I knew the importance or the, 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 that that signifies that, that you can have that dedication, that, that working together, the, you know, uh, the common sense that is involved with not standing in fire. Don't stand in your stupid. <laughs> Don't stand in the stupid. In fact, at one time when I was hiring a position for a job, we put an ad in the paper. This was before there was internet. We put an ad in what? the paper. Wait, say, there was a time before the internet? There was. There was. Um, we put we, you know, we put the position, what it paid, in the name of the company, and said, some common sense required. No <laughs> phone number, no address. Go look for it. If you have enough sense, you can come apply for the job sort of thing. Right, <laughs> and it, it was surprisingly how few applications we actually had. 
<laughs> which made it actually easier to sort out who had a brain yeah, and who didn't. Brilliant idea. Uh, that you know, works. It, it, it did. It was uh, it was one of those things that that you know helped separate the wheat from the chaff, and uh, we we found it successful. Is is gaming something that that an older generation? When I say older, I mean uh, over thirty. Is that something that they see as a professional resume entry? I think. And, and, but you are more integrated into the gaming community than, than maybe uh, uh, the normal person right. on the street. Yeah. Uh, and so if I grabbed a person on the street, if I, if I went and applied... If I went and applied at the United Nations and they say, what kind of diplomacy, you know, experience do you have? And you say, hey, I've been dealing with Koreans and StarCraft. (laughs) 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 Kim Jong-il's got nothing on me, all right? I'll deal with him. I'll show him my actions for a minute. (laughs) Koreans are way ahead in that respect. It's like, apparently, you remember a couple of years back where, a few years back when um, North Korea shelled South Korea for no apparent reason? Yes. Apparently, in the middle of the summit meeting when they were discussing a counterattack, someone literally slammed their hand on the desk and said, God damn it, this isn't StarCraft. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to have you provide me with a source on that one. Oh, God, I can't remember, but it's just... That's not my problem. Cite your sources. I am Irish. The story is better than the (laughs) truth. He has you there. Yeah. Yeah. Writer's embellishment. If NBC doesn't need to prove anything and they can make stuff up, we can too. Okay. <laughs> I'll allow it. Any yeah. final thoughts on this one? Okay. It is a good way off over here, shall I say? <laughs> it's yeah. Like, no, yeah, that is... you're, you're, you, you have a totally different culture over there in yeah. the United Kingdom than, than we enjoy over here in the U.S., so... I am quite interested to hear your side of things on this one. Okay. Um, well, for a start, we didn't have the games crash in the 80s. So there isn't like this clear-cut new generation of gamers. Yeah, this didn't happen for us. Uh, instead, we had this whole uh, bedroom coders phase where just like... It's essentially like the indie scene now, where just like the official stuff didn't happen so well. So everyone made their own game, and there were thousands of games coming out all the time, and they were lots of people made loads of money off it. It's just like, um, yeah, that's just how it went. I mean, lots of like GTA comes off the back of the bedroom coder generation. It's like that's where that whole thing. Um, and so, for a long time, uh, gaming's just been seen as something bedroom nerds do in <laughs> their free time. It hasn't. We haven't had a clear-cut generation coming through with gaming. We've always had gaming being something for nerds. But whenever you have someone, whenever you're filling out a job resume or you're, you are interviewing someone, you want to know about their outside interests. What do you do? And, mm-hmm. you know, if, if they are going to say, well, I, uh, I, I'm in a, uh, a weekly cricket league, sort of, I, I know, whatever games you have over there, they are what they're trying to show is they're trying to show teamwork they're trying to show um the able to uh participate to get along to work together this is what they are yeah. wanting to to see right. in in these type of activities if you're saying that you do charity work what you're trying to show is that you know you're giving and resourceful and and if you want to to say that you knit this is someone who you know wants to create something what is it that why is it that gaming does not have that same thing my guild was ranked number 10 on my server what what does that mean i have you know what that means i have world firsts i have world first the you know that to me that's a mm-hmm. huge accomplishment oh yeah it, I can it's complete... a huge accomplishment and i uh, completely that, that... agree I just I come from a background where when I said, I, I just, yeah, it's just when I mentioned I play games at work, everyone was like, what, like, like Angry Birds? It's like, no, 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 you know, I'm a producer. <laughs> it's just like, what? no actual games, you fools. <laughs> yeah. They're like, what, like, what, do you have a high score? And it's just like, no, no, no. 
I play with other people. We all, we all get together and we do stuff like what? I don't I don't understand. And they they honestly they have so little contact with games. And what that... are your friends' names? Well, there's Striker and Raven. <laughs> yeah, and, they, uh... they just look at me like I'm some weirdo. Well, you are some weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Be that as it may. <laughs> They're just uh, calling them how they see them, Dan. I yeah. mean, can you blame them for that? Okay, given that I was working in a nature reserve where people aren't exactly the most normal. That might yeah. but, be part of the problem. But still, it's like... I like people in office think... jobs it's basically games are still seen as something you grow out of over here it's happened to all my brothers and i have quite a few uh all my friends it's just it's like no one does it anymore apart from me because it's still it's still an seen... game over there yeah it's still seen as something you grow out of okay what so is odd? We... Are, are, i i would say that we're not 100 percent there yet i think that that's that's obvious but is it something that will be there in five years, ten years, twenty years? Where where do you uh, see that? When does well, when does gaming stop becoming a nerdy geeky thing and just that you outgrow a normal thing that most people do? Um, I think it helps. Basically, about twenty years after America, usually <laughs> it's like that's how it happens over here. Um, I, I just say, yeah, there's a very good reason why most of the popular UK games people either live in America or Bristol. It's like all the Yogscast people all live in Bristol, which is a much more accepting hippie town. That's like the weirdo town. It's like, it's okay there and otherwise move to America. It's just like, it's not okay to be a geek anywhere else. That's unfortunate. As someone that enjoys games. It, mm -hmm. Everyone should just be able to enjoy them. I, I think that they're probably more advanced in Asia towards that line than they are in America right now. In, oh, yes. in uh, many Asian communities, you know, the video games actually are shown on TV. Terminips. Esports. Esports is already uh, developing uh, quite a following in, in some countries, more than we have here in the United States. Dota, the Invitational, that had like 200 million in prizes or something, something like that. that. Yeah. You know, we're, we're talking huge dollar amounts for these. Maybe to you, that's small potatoes to me. I, I don't know what, what kind of are, world are, you're are, looking at. You 200 million, that, that gets me, that, that buys lunch. Yeah. You, you must be a rich benefactor then that will buy all of our subscriptions for us then. Uh, you know, it, but but it, it is something that uh, I think that the gaming community, when I say the gaming community, I mean the, the business end of the deal, right. needs to actually look at and address. I think that, that when we're talking about, um, when we're, we're talking about, you know, paying for mods, we're talking about the cartel market and, and other things that, that people are using their disposable income for, mm -hmm. I think that this is definitely a corner that the the gaming community uh the the business needs yeah. to be looking at developing their games uh for that particular market uh, maybe even given some thought into uh some kind of ranking systems and and things along these lines where people can say this is what i have accomplished i think that we are seeing some of that with achievements with the most or achievements, as I as I call them, but many of the achievements that they have are um, stupid. Um, They're time wasting. Uh, <laughs> I logged into the game. It, well done. It, well done. Uh, you get <laughs> my, ten my points. My favorite achievement: the Simpsons, one of the Simpsons games on the Xbox 360. You got ten points for pressing start. <laughs> Well, I, I got a, a <laughs> I got an achievement at Diablo three just the other day for dying uh, the most times in uh, the uh, Greater Rift trials. Uh, the trial <laughs> the Greater Rift. I, I died the most achievement, times I think. And, and got an achievement for it. I, I died too many times, and uh, that, that's, <laughs> that's not necessarily amazing. showing anything good about me at all. But no, no. Uh, that, maybe, that's maybe. like the the Purple Heart medals in Battlefield. That's not a yeah. good thing to get. No, it's, no. What? 
What? Whoa. Mind no, blown and, here. <laughs> the, 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 the Purple Heart medals in Battlefield were because you died way too many times. I know. <laughs> That's not a good thing to earn. Or it's an amazing thing to earn. Speaking True. of esports, um, Kanem in our Twitch chat, because we do record this and we stream it live when we record, does bring up a good point. When esports on ESPN doesn't cause such an outrage, that's when it will be a social norm. Mm -hmm. And I think he's right on that. I think he's probably right on that. That's that Kanem is a wise man. Kanem is a very wise man, even though he is um, Kanemunist. Did I say it right this time? Ah. Hit on your him. But, um, yeah, I think for free-to-play games, certainly, they are definitely... I mean, there's a name for the people who, with massive disposable income, is spent on... They call them whales, which yeah. I hate the name that of that. And it just... Well, that comes from the I know, but it, that whole way of thinking graces me out, and it's just, um, I think the problem is, like, there's a, such a massive disconnect in these big developers that they are simultaneously trying to grab the whales while thinking that games are for teenagers, <laughs> so it's like they make children's games, then wonder why, where are, all, where are all the whales? Why aren't we getting people? It's like, no, you got to advertise the older generation because they're the ones with the that's income the and it's is. yeah speak but... of free-to-play whales and other such things because that's too good of a segue to, to let down i set them up that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, my setup man um ea shuts down almost all of its free-to-play games this includes battlefield heroes battlefield play for free need for speed world which i actually like I played that game off and on. And more importantly, and this is a huge one, FIFA World. FIFA's FIFA World? Yeah, but that's not part of the franchise. Part of their yearly. In, in America, we do not recognize football as being round, it's, it's oval shaped. Oh, damn it, I am in the, yeah. the wrong country. <laughs> yeah. Uh, most of these are games that I've only had passing mm -hmm. interest in. I'm thinking it was just a bad marketing thing. But it's still a a a, a big thing. Um well it could be more than that because you know the maintenance of keeping these games up, keeping them up to date, trying to deal with the uh, with the uh, the necessary hacks or whatever and, and coding changes that are necessary for that dealing with the customer service issues and oh my this is what happened and i want my free money back uh <laughs> sort of I, I, that that it that costs the the companies a lot of money are, are they saying that it's no longer viable for them to support these on a free basis are they trying to maybe phase out these games um, I, I, I don't, I don't really understand their reasoning behind it, but I don't know if it's necessarily just a marketing issue as much as a bottom line issue. Well, I think my view on it is that, um, because games take a while to make, like when they set out to make these, th these games, everyone's, everyone was like free to play as the future. And then right. of course that bubble is going to burst. And so by the time these games are out and doing, these bubbles are bursting everywhere. And it's just sort of, they're going, oh, we're not going to make quite as much money as we thought on this. And they're competing with a very, you know, people, a lot of people are turned off free-to-play games because of just how um, abused that they are on the uh, mobile market. It's just like there are all, yeah, there are all sorts of horrible ones out there that sort of, Free to play went from being, oh wow, this is a new experience where like I can try it out for free and then pay for what I want, to, oh god, where's my money gone? <laughs> this is a terrible idea. All I have are these stupid guns for this game I don't particularly enjoy. And yeah, it's it people were getting turned off just as EA hopped on the bandwagon. And then of course these games came out and they weren't as popular as EA hoped. 
Well, that's my how, view. How often did you hear people talking about Need for Speed World or Battlefield Heroes? No, I never. No, no. That that's, no, I mean, that's my my point is these were just titles that either weren't marketed correctly and no one knew about them. They could have just sucked. Need for I, Speed, I wouldn't know. I didn't play them, but Need, they could have just the, the only one that I have actually played was Need for Speed World, which was um, set in the Rockport fictitious city, which I liked because I knew the map. Mm. It's the same map as Need for Speed most Wanted? Oh, that was a good one. I like that one. I think it Need was Speed, that one. Most Wanted and Need for Speed Carbon were the two that I thought were quite good. And then it went downhill, I felt. It, it's the one where you did the first race in the M3 and the guy sabotaged your M3 and took the M3 from you. That city. That's, yeah, that's Most Wanted. Although yeah. that's you, the story you, for you most Need for Speed, a lot of really. Bad memories with me, man. I, I, you, I'm trying to <laughs> Well, I need a moment to collect myself. Um, <laughs> I I liked that one because it was on a map I knew, and mm -hmm. the concept of it was it was open world, hence Need for Speed World. Mm -hmm. You'd drive around, and if you were speeding and a cop saw you, instantly you'd be in one of those escape the cop car chases. And I'm sorry, that is so much fun. Yes. It, it really is, uh, because we, we all want to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, it's just one of those things where you never heard about these games. So were they essentially doomed to fail? Well, Why I don't mean... Because, like, ones I'd heard about, I followed the... Because, uh, like, was Command & Conquer Generals 2 was going to be part of this E... e um, yeah, what's it called? EA free-to-play uh, range. And I followed that development because they were originally giving it to uh, Bioware to make. And I thought, that's weird. A strategy game made by Bioware. I can't wait. This is going to be interesting. Well, that's what happens and then it was... when you close Westwood Studios. Well, I thought Command Conquer 3, which wasn't done by Westwood, was still a bloody good game. You Not see, so much concept... any games that came out afterwards. But I think as um. Yeah, what happened is that they made some weird decisions. So first they made it free-to-play. At first it was going to be a normal-paid game done by Bioware. Then they put it in the free-to-play range. Then they stopped it being the next Command & Conquer. Then they made it Command & Conquer Generals. Then they found out all of their tank models were stolen by some young developer from Warhammer 40,000 tank models. Then they... It went quiet for a while. Then they released Alpha. Then no one liked the Alpha. And then they cancelled it. And it's just like... So I get the feeling if that's the development of Command and Conquer, is that where they send their products which they think are risky? It's like, do they think, oh, the development of this isn't going particularly well. Let's put it to the free-to-play thing. And then we can make some money off it if we can. But like you don't get the whole negative publicity of a failure at launch. But you see, as a consumer, I don't necessarily think of pre-to-play as a way for me to try something out to see if I want to buy a full version or something along those lines. I kind of, and I hate to admit it, but I kind of think you kind of get what you pay for. And I tend to really overlook the free-to-play games because I figure, one that I'm really going to be able to do nothing unless I spend money otherwise, and they're, yep. they're just trying to sap my money out of me. Or two, it wasn't worth selling to begin with, or they weren't going to be able to get the money, you know, uh, or they weren't, it wasn't worth marketing to try to sell it, so they just, you know, oh, well, we got this crappy game. We'll put it out there free to play. And, <laughs> yep. know, hopefully we learn something. You know, we learned something out of the process sort of thing. That That's sort of what I looked at. In fact, even now when I, am going through my tablet looking for some kind of, you know, mindless game to, to download. I don't necessarily look at the free games as much as I look at the ones that cost two or three bucks, because I, I figure if I have to pay for it, yeah. it's probably worth it. it, it it's a, it's like that old saying, 
that if you buy a diamond ring for 10 cents, you probably have a diamond ring that ain't worth a dime. Um, (laughs) And and that's what I think of when I think of free to play. And and I know it's prejudice on my part and and I'm old and old fashioned, but, but I, I, that's probably why I've never heard of these games because it's not in the area that I look at. No, I complete. I think that's what I mean by the bubble bursting is that, Lots of us have had enough experience with free-to-play games to know, A, they aren't free-to-play, and B, lots of them just aren't worth playing to begin with. It's like, mm-hmm. with the Steam sales and everything, I have so many games in my backlog. Either I could play some free-to-play game I haven't really heard of, um, which may or may not be good, or I could play a AAA game which I know is good, which I haven't played yet because it's sitting in my backlog for two years. Right. I'm very much in the, in the same same vein. I have 400 plus games on Steam. <laughs> I've only played probably a quarter of them. Yeah. So yeah, I think supply and demand. There was a lot of supply and not much demand. This turns me back to my first point. Capitalism works. <laughs> uh, <laughs> If you want to make a wonderful thing, if you want to make money in a particular business, you're going to have to charge for your product. And uh, as a as an older individual, I don't mind paying for the product if it is worth it. Yes. I don't know how many times I've walked out of a movie theater thinking I did not get my money's worth, but the times that I do keep me coming back. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Mm Hmm. For example, Star Wars in December. <laughs> I, well, I understand that the previous really or the last good. three have not been good, but they, I will okay. pay. Any, they're okay. Um, I will pay I whatever disagree. they charge. Their <laughs> because I'm going to see it in a movie theater for the first time. I'm not going to wait for it to come out on DVD. I want, it, I want the big giant screen, and I want the speakers mm-hmm. that rattle my bones. When oh, that lightsaber yeah, you, draws you, out. You, you want to see it in IMAX, though. I want to see it in IMAX. You need and you I want, to feel the sound. Otherwise, I it's not the same. popcorn with plastic butter <laughs> and nachos <laughs> with one drop of cheese and stale chips. This is in a $10 glass of soft drink. You've gone to a place I cannot follow now. We do not have the, these nachos in... Our films, we just have I don't know, popcorn and pack of fruit pastels, and we like those fruit pastels, which you guys junior can't get because the purple on. ones are illegal. You have junior mints. Get the junior mints. <laughs> Do we? You don't have nachos at your cinema. No, nah, we don't have that. Something just wrong in the world there. Well, <laughs> they, they do call them. They, they do call them cinema. We, over yeah. there so of basically, movie. if you guys were to come out here, you just walk into the cinema, just go, "Oi, that's <laughs> a movie theater, noobs!" and run <laughs> I out. I love camp. movie theater nachos with you know the plastic cheese and enough so peppers to make Peter so. Piper proud. Right there on top. We have the popcorn. I'm not quite sure if it's artificial enough for you. It but may not it be. We do have popcorn. Health and safety okay. probably said this isn't real. Sorry. But that, you guys aren't allowed our fruit pastels, so, like, what's the point? True. Seriously, purple fruit pastels are the best fruit pastels, and they're illegal in America. Why? It's just... Because the, the color purple's illegal, apparently. <laughs> yep. FDA did not approve of purple. But that's one of my favorite colors. It's it's the purple food coloring is apparently Something not new. good for the FDA. I don't know. Okay. Everything purple must taste like grape. No, it tastes of blackberry. It's amazing. No, no I just, it must taste like grape. Awesome. It tastes of blackberry and it's amazing. And it's the best thing ever. You got For a while, one. they sold packs of just purple fruit pastels, but they don't anymore. <laughs> which is a shame. <laughs> you, you, you're getting all my hopes up and stuff. And then you're <laughs> Like, yeah, there's if I come visit, I'll try smuggling some fruit. Buy them anymore. Like, oh. 
then what's the point? If I ever visit America, them? I will try smuggling fruit passels across the border and see how far I get. Go in through Canada, you'll be fine. Yeah, they're fruit pastel sniffer dogs. It's just like, hold on a sec. Take all the purple ones out. <laughs> I still have my truck trailer full of Twinkies because they promised me they'd never sell them again. <laughs> and yet they're back on the market. Yeah. Damn and random M&Ms. Who would Also, you can't get Twinkies over here. I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, as someone who's had a Twinkie on occasion could really take it or leave it. They're, they're not that good. It the cake in them is feeling, extremely dry. Left me feeling very confused when watching Ghostbusters first time. Poor little like oh. three year old just going, <laughs> what? <laughs> Mommy. What? What's that? that? Oh I'm sorry. Mummy. Mummy, what's that Twinkie? Mummy! Mummy! Mum! What's a bloody Twinkie? Oi! These blokes talking about Twinkies over here. You what, mate? You what? <laughs> I will bloody wreck you. <laughs> that is British Ghostbusters there. What's a bloody Twinkie? I'll wreck you. You're having a giggle, mate. <laughs> and this kills the coyote. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, all headphone users. I am internally sorry for that. Not really. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. He doesn't mean it. He's not sorry one bit. No, nope. everything I say may may not be a lie. And that's the truth. Whoa. Or is it a lie? I'm not I think we saying. need Twilight Zone music. Yeah. I'm not saying, but I'm saying. I think that's going to wrap it up for our discussion topics. Um... There is a new game that just came out. It launched yesterday. Shadowrun Online. Otherwise known as Shadowrun Chronicles because they can't figure out which name to use. But <laughs> it is my new obsession. I love that game. I'm going to have to check it out. It's um, not an MMO, but it is online co-op. So you can invite your friends to go on a run with you. And it's turn-based combat, and I love turn-based anything. And I have a dwarf with robot arms and a shovel. Mm -hmm. Nice. Oh, no, a spade. A spade. <laughs> if you've ever played any of the other Shadowrun games or XCOM or something along those lines, you will probably like it. And you'll be able to get to play with friends. And if you don't have any friends, you can go make some friends. And if you want to make some friends, you can type torwarsguild.com or wait no I'm sorry that doesn't work anymore you need to go to torwars.engine.com and click on apply and then tell them that we sent you there that way you can game with us because we are affiliated with the Tor Wars Guild also you can find us on Twitter we're at Digital Critical because I wanted to make it easy for people to tweet us although people don't tweet us why don't you guys tweet us tweet us please we like interaction. We're also well, on I Facebook. Don't... Well, you, you, yeah, you don't exist on Twitter. Either. I, I don't. But I have been known to sing like a canary. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sing so like you, a canary. When, when I was questioned, I, I seemed like a canary. But I don't tweet. No. We're also on like Facebook. canary down a mine shaft next to poisonous Is... gas. I Facebook feel it's down a mine there? shaft next to poisonous gas. Well, you, you do have a marauder in Star Wars named Canary, and it does fuck over dead at the tip of a May she rest in peace. Oh, you killed off Canary? I killed off Canary. It was badly spelt, and I don't like marauders, so unfortunately, Canary had to go. 12 times XP coming up. You can make a new one. Yep, you can make a new one. I don't like playing marauder, though. May the fourth be with you. You can find us on Facebook as well. We're at Digital Critical Gaming on there. Also, if you are only listening to the podcast and haven't actually visited digitalcriticalgaming.com, please visit digitalcriticalgaming.com. It's a very beautiful site, if I do say so myself. <laughs> if for some reason you actually want to give us feedback, you can also reach us at feedback at digitalcriticalgaming.com. But don't do anything bad. We can't handle criticism. 
Only the positive stuff. Only positive <laughs> stuff. Constructive criticism. Yes. It, 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 it's welcome, but... Any negative views will be read out in a stupid Cockney accent. I'm sorry, yes. a what accent? Stupid Cockney accent. What's that? What? You what? You don't know what Cockney accent is? <laughs> oh, so that's what it's actually called? I, I honestly didn't know that. I, I didn't know that either. Off. Digital Critical Gaming, the only podcast where you can hear gaming news and learn about interesting British accents. <laughs> Done poorly by someone doesn't speak that accent naturally. Well, that's fine. It's better than the fake Boston accent that the Brits tried to do in Shadowrun Chronicles. The amazing Boston accent that we tried to do in Shadowrun Chronicles. <laughs> not Boston, but it's hilarious. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, it's called Fenway Park, but they send you into some place called Fenway Stadium. I know, it's, it doesn't make any sense to me either. It's the cyberpunk future of the 1980s. Of course it's Fenway Stadium. Oh, let Most me know. Most stadiums when... will dwarf the actual Fenway Park in size. Believe hey, me. God. Call, call. What, what, when, what? when we get to the end, let me do the outro. Oh. <laughs> you, you mean the outro that I already just did? Yeah, but but I want to do with the last one. We can do the outro to the outro. Okay. Yes, the outro. To, so tell me when I can do that. That that wasn't the outro. The that epilogue. was just a tribute. The epilogue. To the outro. That was like the tribute to our sponsors, and and you know. That that was the corporate stuff. Now that yeah. we're yeah. done the, with the yeah. corporate stuff, why don't you? Yeah, want... what, what, why don't you finish us out? Okay. Tune in next time when our heroes will face a more even dangerous threat. <laughs> see, I like that. Oh, yep, yeah, you see, Mike will be back by then, so... Threats? Well, yeah. Uh, We're heroes, though. That's 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 the good thing. Yeah, but not all I'm... heroes live. Yeah. Whoa. No. Oh, crap. I did not plan... For... I'm glad I'm not the hero. That's that's a, <laughs> I can't handle this kind of down note sort of Shotgun thing. Shotgun note. Give us an up note. Come on. And on that bombshell slash cliffhanger, good night. Bye. Good night.